I was gonna be like, "Ow, there's something in my ear," but like, it's my headphone. It's that's all cool. it is. Yeah. Like I put it there. And I was like, "Whoa, what is this weird thing? What's on my head right now? <laughs> what's oh, it's this, my headphone? Where's this? What's this weird hairy stuff in my hair? Oh, it's hair. <laughs> oh my god. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the And this is The, the Mutant, Mutant Ages, Ages. <laughs> a podcast where we review every adaptation of the X-Men, cartoons, live action. We don't care. We'll talk about it on this show. Bada Especially bang, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. And boom, boom's not even here. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And right now we are at the season finale of X-Men, the animated series. Well, and just the season finale of the first season. It's not like we're actually concluding all of it. That would yeah, really is, be an achievement. This is actually the season finale of <laughs> The Mutant Ages. No, we're going no. on break again. No, which, we're not. Oh, yeah, uh, I know. We already took one because I, oh my God. Fun story for everyone listening to this. Maddie and I actually got our shit together before I went on vacation and recorded double the episodes so we wouldn't miss a week. And I came home and got a cold that went on for a full week and I like had no voice. So here we are. We really try, though, not to be we late. Really but did. you know what? People get sick and whatever. We have lives and jobs. I was sick it's with fine. the legacy virus. So or the T virus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, for the Resident Evil podcast that we don't have. It's actually a crossover with the X-Men. I'm surprised that hasn't happened. I know. Jill Valentine would something, like run around something. with like Something, Marvel versus Capcom. What are they doing? It's anyway. Like, it's like Marvel's what if. Resident not, Evil was also here. here. We're going to talk about the first season finale for X-Men, the animated series. And it's pretty great. It is pretty great. It's it probably, is another case of an episode that moves really fast, though. It does. Know? It moves really fast, but it contains, it, you know, I Packed honestly. with plot points. Yeah, it's, it, I know, right? Changes. Somebody just slapped them in there like a freaking like pizza, like a giant pizza was just thrown in there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like a pizza. <laughs> I was trying to think of something you would slap, which I know is not pizza, but when you make the dough. Yeah, you, yeah you know it's exactly like when you make pizza dough. <laughs> You're just making a pizza pie for the X-Men. Oh my God, for all the Italian X-Men, which there are not a lot of characters that are Italian Yeah, and where's X-Men. the Italian representation? <laughs> I care oh about God. this. What I want an X-Men right, that could right. like exclusively have the mutant power to like make lasagna appear. Yeah, that, that would be shit is hard you. to make. That would be Ryan Pagella as a mutant. <laughs> no, I really, I don't want that power. Lasagna is pretty good, though. Good. I mean, it's good to eat the food, but well, sure. Well, you just said the mutant power is to make it appear. I feel like that's a pretty great power. 
<laughs> I would use it. Anyway, what, what, what the fuck were we talking right, we're about? We're going to stop talking about this. Where are we? What is this show? Guys. Maddie and I have been clearly losing our minds this week. We, um, yeah, we both had like a crazy day and we're here anyway. I was saying that this episode does go very quickly, but it doesn't like miss a beat. And like, if you sit there and kind of absorb each scene, like if you're just sitting yeah, there no, taking the information sense. in. It like makes I'm, a lot of I'm, sense. It's not and like it's some good. episodes of the show that we've watched where it doesn't make sense and I have to like watch and rewatch scenes. Like I understood it the first time. It just moves right. really fast. And I was like, wow. Imagine if this was a 45 minute drama. That that would be like an amazing TV show. But instead, it's like a really fast paced 20 minute action comedy. You're just and racing to the finish. Somehow uh, they pull it off. I don't know. There, I would even say it's an act. There's no line in here that maybe like laugh it wasn't like there was any comedy happening everything was the stakes are pretty high in this it's true there is one line that made me laugh but we can get to it okay so previously on the x-men we, we have just to cover the entire the days season of future past i mean uh, yeah you're not right. start for the even... total beginning but since this is wrapping up this season the opening of the season was the x-men trying to recruit jubilee but she was handed off to this mutant registration act which actually would send these massive sentinels to go imprison mutants Right, um, and, and these Sentinels are these the giant robots that are made by Gyric and Trask, who are going to show up again, and uh, they're evil villain boyfriends who are trying to take show. over the world, I guess, and they... They're the pinky and the brain. Yeah. Well, which one's pinky and which one's brain? I guess Trask I mean, is brain. Trask is brain, because pinky had, would have to be Gyric just, like, sitting there whining. Yeah. But... Um, their personalities don't really match up to Pinky in the Brain, though, because no, that's true. Trask is also like kind of like the nice, dumb one, even though he's also the one making the robots. It's <laughs> kind of weird. Anyway. It is a little weird. Anyway, so basically, these Sentinels are being used secretly because the government shut them down to mm-hmm. go and hunt and kill mutants or imprison them because later on they get imprisoned at Slave Island, where it, they are literally building this giant computer yeah. robot thing called master mold and which is dispensing sentinels where, like, the money is coming from for any of this i guess no just, or like, how it fixes any like any the the property damage on this yeah, show yeah yeah it, it none of it really makes any sense but well, whatever anyway, it's fine so, and also we should mention that the sentinels killed one of the x-men in the first or well the second episode but it's part mm-hmm. of the pilot they killed morph so these these guys are high stakes and now we have a guy from the future bishop running around like a crazy person telling everybody that the sentinels took over the world in the future because they just turned against humans yeah and he has to come back to stop the person who's going to assassinate senator kelly who's going to make this happen but don't worry they stop it from happening and now senator kennedy's like what some mutants aren't bad so (laughs) yeah except that then magneto kidnapped senator kelly you know what it's kind of funny how i forgot to mention any of the whole magneto plot points in the summary of this season so it kind of just means like there was no real purpose for him to be in these this season right we totally forgot okay so also magneto and xavier were dating before and now Now they're they're broken up and they're constantly (laughs) fighting and magneto thinks that mutants are awesome and that they should just ignore humans and create their own society of awesomeness everybody knows magneto's politics right yeah i mean magneto's right he just wants to throw a good rave at the end of the day yeah so anyway this all kicks off with magneto having just kidnapped senator kelly or Um, has he or has he i mean he he functionally has yeah that's Uh, true and then spoilers (laughs) <laughs> why is it a spoiler it's like five <laughs> minutes in all right 
Well, well the you know, episode we're actually be... starts. I can't even yeah. fucking talk today. The All episode right. actually starts with like a news broadcast, and there's a there's another protest with these anti mutant bigots. Also, the name of this episode their classic "No More Mutants" chant because oh they yeah, can't and the name of this episode chant. is called "No More Mutants." Just wait, what? That's the opening. Oh, wait, no, it's not the name of the episode. Wait, the what opening, is it? Yeah, the, the name of the episode is it's The Final, final decision. decision. Well, I'm glad I interrupted you to remind you to say the correct one. Uh, <laughs> it's oh because I was God. looking at my notes and I wrote Guys, opening protest. No more mutants. We're All just right, so Senator Kelly is, in fact, kidnapped. And as Maddie said, the mutants are standing there doing like their terrible chant. And mm-hmm. I guess like wolverine everyone's watching this on the tv and wolverine's mm-hmm. all like we saved his butt and this is the thanks we get and you know xavier says some shit about knowing where senator kelly is but because he's a dick he's just like he needs to go in magneto's butt so like therefore he's like we're gonna go to magneto because i bet that's where senator kelly is i'm not yes. sold that he actually knew that or if, well i mean well, he did because his watch did. got magnetized you've right. forgotten about all the watch i did forget about that in the last episode of i guess i just wrote made that <laughs> note because i just figured like even if if even if he didn't know where magneto was he'd probably be like i know where senator kelly is let's go attack magneto yeah i mean any excuse to hook up with magneto from xavier but also he like uses cerebro to figure out where magneto is and then you know smash does he do that to- wait hold on does he do that through the helmet I think so. I think he says something like, I'm going to figure out where Magneto is, and then I'm going to make you guys go find him. Bye. This is like one of those inconsistencies on the show where like sometimes like Yeah, like sometimes he can figure out where things are, and sometimes he doesn't know what the hell's going on, and he like faints if he even tries to psychically (laughs) communicate with I was even just thinking about the inconsistency that sometimes Magneto's helmet blocks Xavier, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, you're right. How the fuck does that work? I you know what nobody knows that that's how the episode starts but now I'm like second guessing myself so this has an easy answer uh Xavier just uses Cerebro to find Senator Kelly who isn't wearing a helmet that blocks him that's it pretty easy we probably could have guessed that if we hadn't been having such a weird sleep deprived day like, how do they find him? Because Magneto is in a random metal ship in the middle of, I guess, nowhere with Senator <laughs> Kelly. Like, that's where he is. Like, Cyclops like... and Storm and Rogue and Wolverine take the X-Jet over there. And they, I assume, only know where he is because Xavier figured it out somehow. Okay, you, you must be right. But I'm now also picturing Magneto, like, capturing Senator Kelly and taking him to, like, to this secret boat where he could, like, be like, we're playing pirates. And Senator I mean, Kelly's like, what's yes? going on? Like... They're just on a metal boat, with just the two of them, just just boating around. I know, I <laughs> it's it's pretty great. He just like took Senator Kelly on a personal like day cruise. Oh, God, what is even the order here? So Senator <laughs> Kelly is like, why? What what are you gonna do to me? Kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And Magneto gives like this whole spiel about how he saw like his entire family. Yeah, and people he talks he about the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, he like gets pretty like gr- grim about it. He starts talking about how like. He saw women and children die, mm-hmm. and, and he, he says swore never to himself. Again, which yeah, is he's like, like I will really never do this common, again. It's like a common phrase that Jews say about the Holocaust is like never again. Is like that phrase is a way to invoke how they feel about it. And right. uh, in this case, Senator Kelly is like basically acting like a neo-Nazi because he's been saying he's been like advocating concentration camps essentially in previous right. episodes. So like Magneto's deal here is that he's like listen man you're basically a nazi so yeah i kidnapped you and i'm gonna stop you and this is like me doing whatever it takes to stop you yeah and, uh, taking you away from the still public. not wrong although yeah. i want to say that when magneto is ex- explaining to himself i guess he like ex- explaining how 
he like fucking even got Senator Kelly because remember the, at the end of the last episode, like he just came in <laughs> yeah. and took him, but nobody knows they how. Showed him like hanging out the window for a second. Did you notice that? I, but it was a like, it was he was hanging out the window specifically during the part where like Mystique we were was there about how he was hanging out the window. Well, it wasn't during that <laughs> okay. part. But, oh my god! I did I think about, about that because joke. last week we had oh like an extended god. riff where we were like, "What if Magneto was hanging out the window for this I entire know. scene?" And I, then he uh, fucking was. I guess. Oh my god! I can't even believe that. I didn't even put that together. <laughs> That's amazing. We're oh. psychic. We're basically better than Professor X. That or we like literally saw the episode and it's like oh, in our subconscious right. from when we were children and like we've had that image in our head. I, I don't mean, know. That's possible. But no, you're right. He's actually hanging out the window, not during the stupid watch scene. Although maybe he was then too, but he's hanging out the window during I like mean, I guess every he had other to be scene. Because he took Senator Kelly. Like he must have been there. Jesus, Magneto and Charles Xavier need to like get a life. They're like, I know. They, they need really to make do. some friends. I don't even know. All right. <laughs> so basically, Magneto goes to kill Senator Kelly, but then instantly, like, a sentinel hand comes crashing through the wall. Mm-hmm. And he, like, basically takes Senator Kelly, and Senator Kelly's like, oh, and thank rescues God. Him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, thank you for getting me. And, like, he's like, <laughs> I'm also kidnapping you. <laughs> yeah. And Magneto then is like, you guys are fools. Do you think your metal robots can resist my powers of magnetism? And then he shoots the sentinel, and the sentinel goes, this model is made of plastic. Yeah. I did laugh at that. You're right. Yeah, that's funny. That isn't even the line that I laughed at, though, but we'll get to it. Uh, But then Magneto was like, my entire ship is a weapon because he's on this, like, metal boat. It's like (laughs) fucking Titanic or something. It's like one of those huge boats, I guess. He just, like, pulled it out from the water, and he's like, this looks good. Are they even in the water? Like, I where are know. they? I don't think they are. I think it's like actually I think it's a like an abandoned boat. boat. Yeah. I don't even know. Anyway, he starts tearing Doss the ship boat. apart with his metal powers. And it's actually pretty cool. And he like fights back against the Sentinels, but they overpower him. Not that we like see the full battle. But anyway, no. the Sentinels save Senator Kelly and, and, and uh, by the time the X-Men show up, the Sentinels and Senator Kelly are gone. And Storm creates, like, a flash flood to put out the fire because the whole boat's on fire now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that makes any sense. And then <laughs> yeah, don't they, worry go, about it. <laughs> they go in there and they're walking around and Gambit turns around and sees a, a, a part of the central hand that Magneto had torn off earlier just buried in the wall. And Gambit screams, like, at the top of his lungs, A sentinel! <laughs> and everyone's, like, walking over and Wolverine's just, like, it takes a whole sentinel to scare most people. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There are some funny parts in here. But there then we are... hear some groaning and Rogue's like, what's that here with my super hearing? And she like flies on over to like some wreckage and she starts mm-hmm. lifting it up. And of course, Rogue discovers Magneto underneath all this rubble. And he's been like torn up. I was like impressed with how also, much Also, he's blood. got like abs. He's He's got abs, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because they're covered. He's an in... old man with abs and the abs are covered in blood. It's he, like his face is covered intense. in blood. And I, I was just sort of like, wow, this is the 90s and they got this much blood in an animated shot. Like I remember yeah, that being a, a huge really deal. Yeah, but it's a really brief shot. It I really think they is. have like rules about how long they're allowed to show blood. I and also stuff. think that I think they probably did it and they got away with it because the people watched it. They saw it's you know, like the people, the producers who approve it. He, they probably thought it was just his like shirt all ripped up, right, which is also red. Because he has red. like a red costume. <clears throat> but yeah, it's that's definitely true. designed to like be look like dripping blood. So mm-hmm. 
it was pretty interesting that that got on there and it, it kind of i thought it was to... cool and it, it definitely like heightens the stakes because it's like oh wow magneto almost died and like later he has bandages and stuff right and it's like they're like oh magneto almost died like that's fucked up and he was fighting the like robots if he can't fight these robots this guy that controls robots and metal like we've got a mm-hmm. serious problem so anyway Back with the robots, Senator Kelly meets Mr. Trask, or Dr. Trask, rather, and is like, you saved my life, and they make out or whatever. <laughs> There's um, like a whole side scene where they just go into another room and make out. And Trask and- is like, please approve my robots. I've been underfunded for so long, Mr. Senator. Oh, <laughs> Senator my God. Kelly is like, I guess I have the power to do that for some reason. Oh, well, my God. Well, because he's running for president, and Trask you know, thinks wait, he's going to win. You know what's so funny? I thought you were still going on like with the porn version of this. But like, it is that's the porn the actual... version. He's like, "Happy birthday, Mister Senator." <laughs> it's exactly like that. What is this? The Sentinels are actually an elaborate plan. Sen- Sentinels do... are just chilling in the background doing. A I was going to say this whole dance. Sentinel program is actually just an elaborate plan created by Senator Kelly to come out of a sexy cake, oh or no, the other way around. <laughs> I know, Senator Kelly's just awkwardly sitting there and <laughs> Trask is like wearing a gorgeous sparkling outfit and embarrassing He's a full him gown. Oh my god. Anyway, I don't know what this show is. So I don't anyway, either, but I hope people Master enjoy Mold, it. Right. Who we've met before and he is like He's the like Sentinel shitting out god. Sentinel babies. Yeah. I think this is the scene where like they make a new Sentinel and Trask is like Hey, Sentinel, do do a thing. He's like, go kill some mutants. And then Sentinel's like, no. No. And then Trask (laughs) turns to Master Mold and he's like, this one's defective. Blow it up. And Master Mold's like, he is not defective. We are going to actually rule the human race because human race can't take care of itself. Well, and yeah, then I don't he think is... he says all that yet. I think he just says, I'm giving the orders now. Oh, and wait, Trask he does. He's like, what? You know what? This is This is the part. I know. That is funny because he's like, what's going on? And the Master Mold turns around to explain. He's like, I will kidnap every single senator and person of power in this entire universe and replace their brains with robot robots. Brains. Like, at computers. And Trask is like, oh, no. <laughs> And I was like, okay, so we got like the Borg running around here. Yeah, this is the only part of the episode that kind of feels funny and goofy. Like there's totally parts of the episode that feel really silly, but I feel like they definitely exaggerate Trask's reactions to the robots to make it seem goofier you know what i mean it's like, like trask had never scary. watched a terminator movie it's he's like still <laughs> shocked and surprised everyone's like yeah. we told you to watch the terminator and he's like, like why i did you don't make- like scary <laughs> movies okay so anyway we go yeah. back to the x-mansion and gene is watching over the unconscious magneto and then meanwhile all the x-men are talking about like this whole deal and this problem <laughs> yeah, they're that's just happening the shit. they're just talking about sentinels and like what's up so okay so Basically, here's this is crazy. Okay, so basically, Xavier is like, when Magneto wakes up, we'll question him, but mm-hmm. he's safe here in my arms. And Wolverine's <laughs> like, yeah, but we're not, not until we find those Sentinels. And Rogue's like, where are we supposed to look for them? It's Sentinels no, are us. <laughs> and then Storm is like, guys, Gambit saw the guy in charge of the Sentinel problem. 
let's ask him. Xavier's like, Gabby, can I probe you? I mean, probe your mind. And <laughs> Gambit's like, like, don't go too far back, Cher. <laughs> I know, right? He's like, he's like, I got plenty of room down there, but the further you go, you'll be surprised by what you it find. It gets darker and darker back there, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> so anyway, Cerebro like appears out of the ceiling, and we all get to see what's on Cerebro. So I love the fact that... Yeah, there's it, like a fucking TV screen. <laughs> like a TV again. showing I, Gambit's It's just brain. like Cerebro it, show. <laughs> and I love how they're like, yeah, but I hope you do not mind as we probe your intimate desires and lifestyle again it's like yeah just don't show anyone are just like a bunch of random faces and then like a really goth (laughs) skull zooming towards the camera okay but what it actually is is that first we see like rogue winking sexily at the camera then we see the next shot you don't know this yet but that's his technical like fiance uh, from the thieves and assassins guild that's belladonna who we'll meet actually on this show and then after then we get a shot like skull Yeah. Oh no, it was Ghost Rider, and I was like, "Why is Ghost Rider writer there?" Oh, got... is that what that's supposed to be? I was just, I didn't even, it didn't even register to me as being. Yeah, Ghost it was, Rider. but I was like, "What the fuck? Why is this happening?" And then we see like Bishop looking at him while taking it out the ass, and then Wolverine giving him a BJ <laughs> and some weird stop animations from like the ninety, and then like Trask. And then all so, as soon as they get to Trask, like Cyclops, whoever is like, "Wait, stop! That's it. That's the right guy." And I'm like, "How the fuck do you guys know?" <laughs> I know because then Storch. Just said you have Storm's no idea the only what one this who guy knows. like. Storm's like, it's Gyrick. And like we're like, oh uh, shit. Right, Gyrick, sorry, it's not Trask, it's Gyrick, you're right. That's funny though. I wish that was like the whole conversation up to it. There's them screaming about like Trask, and they're like, it's Gyrick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just get them mixed up. But Gyrick's the one with glasses, and Trask is the other one. Wait, hold on. Okay, so then there's like, isn't there a scene here where like Trask is like trying to call oh, Gyrick no. and he yeah, doesn't yeah, pick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since um, since Gyrick can't pick up the phone, Trask is like, my boyfriend's in need. There's something wrong. I can feel it. Yeah, like Gyrick is being driven around by his personal driver, I guess, and is like trying to call his boyfriend. I didn't, I didn't even understand this. So anyway, meanwhile, Cyclops. Oh and wait, wait, Storm, wait! He's in the car, right? Yeah, this is part yeah. where he's driving in the car. And Cyclops and Storm and Rogue are tailing him. Oh yeah, and they're like Cyclops is like Storm, take him out lightly, and Storm's like as gentle as a snowflake or something like that and she creates and then she a massive makes, like, an insane blizzard happen. that forces him to have like a wildly unsafe car crash into a tree yeah and so then he gets out and he's like snow <laughs> and then just a random guy shows up <laughs> and tries to kill him <laughs> can you explain this part to me I don't know I had the okay. same reaction at the time it's so I thought it was like I thought it was like I maybe it was like a character that I was supposed to know. It's like I know a... I, I thought it was just like his limo driver who turned out to be like an assassin because oh, like wait, that's maybe because like he's wearing like a gray uniform and and like a hat I think and he he looks like a Confederate soldier or something. <laughs> who is this guy? Like... So he he sh- this guy shows up and tries to kill Gyrick and right. Cyclops prevents it from happening by like killing the guy before he kills Gyrick. No. Cyclops is like we won't kill anyone. Look at us. We're <laughs> only if we kills save an you. assassin that no one knows. You didn't see like, that. I, I can't see. That means you can't see. <laughs> <It's>, anyway, so <laughs> that guy's dead, I guess, whoever he oh was. Oh, my God. Yeah. And meanwhile, Gyrick, like, pulls a Senator Kelly and is like, mutants are trying to kill me, like, immediately, as opposed to recognizing that a mutant just saved him before his very eyes. Right, right, right. And, uh, and also, so he runs off. 
and he runs up to the Lincoln Memorial. I guess, yeah, because I don't know at one point they got to Washington, Washington D.C., but that's where they are now. But, like, they were definitely in the middle of the woods, like, seconds ago. So I he know. ran out of the woods to the Lincoln Memorial. And I was like, what the fuck? Where, what part of D.C. looks Wolverine like that? There are no just, woods in the city. Yeah. Wolverine is just chilling on Lincoln's lap, by the way, for I know. some reason. Like, I know. I love that. Up? I don't, I don't know, but I thought it was really know. funny because I was like, it Wolverine's riding Lincoln right now. It's adorable. And so Wolverine leaps off of Lincoln's lap onto Gyrick, and then Cyclops goes, don't hurt him, Wolverine. At which and point so, I wrote, how often do we hear wait, so that So then Trask sense? is calling Gyrick, yeah. and everyone can hear it somehow because from this tiny cell phone. And Yeah, like, like it goes to voicemail Trask and they can all hear it. screaming at his phone to Gyrick, which is like on the ground with the Sentinel. And Gyrick mm-hmm. is just like screaming like, the Sentinels are going to kill everyone. They're turning against humans. They're going to replace them with brains with computers. And so, like, somehow all the X-Men managed to hear this. It Whatever. It's exposition. Gyrick uh, yeah, accidentally put his, like, massive brick cell phone on speakerphone. And the entire <laughs> Lincoln Memorial, like, warehouse can hear this. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so we fine. go back to the x we go back now to the everybody X-Mansion. knows that the Sentinels are evil. Is yeah, the and, there's, and I, I, they're talking about the idea of like Trask is the one they want to go and save, and Senator Kelly, um, because they're both gone. I don't think they know about Trask. I think they're only just trying to save Senator Kelly. Well, and yeah, they... because all they care about is like how the X Men look politically, because that's all Professor X cares about. So he's just like, we need to make good with this Senator Kelly guy, right? Because... And they want to like. They're not sure if Bishop was telling the truth about the future, but so there's mm-hmm. just a lot of like it's one of those like it's cool a situation that's... conversations in the X Men Mansion types of scenes where like everybody has a different opinion, but right, and they and we are about to see that, but it's also kind of like a tough situation for them to be in because like they're they're they got a very little to go on because they know that Magneto took Senator Kelly, they don't know what Magneto's been up to. This guy from the future appeared saying that if they don't stop the guy that assassinates the guy that's going to start the the Sentinel program this will happen but now they still have to like keep this guy from dying based on some guy from the future that they don't really know or trust and like mm-hmm. there's also mystique running around somewhere and also if it turns out this is like a trap then Senator Kelly has this ammunition against them so it's just it's a tough place to be like what do you do with that because it's you are taking a gamble on basically yeah, like nothing. On anything especially since they're like a total vigilante group with no support right right and so they have the information now about what the sentinels are gonna do and they have magneto so like magneto is not even really part of the picture so it's just a lot and so that's where we pick up with gambit who calls it out he's like this is suicide saving the man trying to enslave us and of course xavier's like if we don't save him a civil war will break out in my pants and magneto like then shows up hearing about like yeah, and the he's Xavier's... like covered in bandages and shit and he's yeah, like he's wounded like, he's like admit it xavier you lost your dream for peaceful coexistence is no more and xavier's like well, what do all of you think about this? No, he he's tries- like, maybe that's right. Like, as soon as Magneto says oh, it, Xavier is like, hmm. Well, now that my ex-boyfriend brought it up. I know. Well, <laughs> that's because, like, my ex-boyfriend's back home, so we can do yeah. whatever he wants. We can even go to the movies, and it's I won't even... It's fucking ridiculous. I'm like, Xavier, like, a second ago, you were, like, bending over backwards for Senator Kelly. And, I know. Like, now I know. that Magneto walked in, and he's, like, all wearing his sexy bandages and shit, you're like, you're right. Maybe we should just ignore this entire conflict and yeah, stay like, home. Yeah, do you, do you... Can you actually take care of this? I mean, I would do the same thing. I just think it's stupid, because Xavier's ideals are, like like based on his whims yeah i know xavier just like goes by his emotion and flies in all right so anyway he <laughs> xavier turns to 
Storm and Cyclops and asks them as their team leaders what mm-hmm. they think. And Storm's like, the odds aren't very good, which is a good point. And then Cyclops has an even better point where he says, I say we save him because otherwise there isn't going to be a future worth fighting for. I'll be in the Blackbird. And that could be speculation on that they know what could happen in the future with the Sentinels taking over. Or Cyclops is like, if we don't save him, we're really fucked because they're going to still blame it on mutants anyway. But if at least mutants save him, we at least have some leverage. Yeah. So I mean, that's true. It's strategic thinking. And also, like, why not save whatever anyway? So right. Cyclops does the right thing for the and then, first time. And this, 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 I actually do like this part. And this actually got me a little emotional at one point. Oh, Jubilee's part? Yeah, and so basically Wolverine's like, I'm a psych. You come and Gambit, and Gambit's just like, fuck no, you all crazy. And Jubilee's like, what are you all waiting for? Let's go. And Wolverine's like, you're staying here, kid. And then Jubilee, like, flips out, because, like, she hasn't been allowed to do anything this entire season. And she's like, I'm not a kid. Not anymore. I'm part of this team now, and being part of the X-Men is the most important thing to me in the entire world. And Wolverine yeah. is like, he. Yeah, same, bub. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, I I agree. And then Rogue kind of stands up. She's like, well, of course she I'm with like y'all. She kind of looks at Gambit for a second and then joins Wolverine. And I feel like that look to Gambit is her being like, come on, man. The other loner on the team said he's part of the X-Men. Get it together, Gambit. And I Gambit kind of really. like stands up and is like, all right. And he goes with them. It's pretty cool, actually. It is really great. And I, I do like how this is how Jubilee finally gets to do something because they really don't let her do anything and jubilee's like i'm not a kid and of course she's still a kid like physically but she's like gone through some ass trauma at this point and like yeah she's grown up a lot because she's had to and she basically doesn't have parents like she just has like professor x who sucks anyway and like then just a bunch of peers in the x-men right and like this is a good jubilee episode too because i feel like this is the completion of her her story arc and yeah where she's like terrified of the sentinels and she's like a child still and now we get to see her choosing to fight the sentinels and not being afraid to face them and i like that wolverine lets her go because of course it's wolverine and jubilee even though like they don't get into the you know the background on that but jubilee is like wolverine they're both kind of like loners and so wolverine lets her go because he on he gets it she finds a family that she fits in with finally she's gonna fight for them and i think wolverine understands that yeah so plus you know the x-men have no compunctions about like child soldiers because xavier has no morals right so xavier leads them all into like the like (laughs) missile where he's gonna nuke them anyway and just sends away (laughs) and then meanwhile i think he's just standing in the background talking to himself as he always does watching the blackboard leave and he's like you're all fools heroic fools the brave Brave always die first first to die yeah (laughs) yeah it's so good and then we go back to the master mold's like grungy hideout and there's like some bad music playing and he's like i sense the blackboard i don't know don't ask me how yeah i don't know it could there's probably some science behind it but it's not explained here so he awakens like every sentinel he has basically and up on the uh, surface, the the Blackbird has landed, and we have Gambit, Wolverine, and Gene and Cyclops going on this like wooden elevator underground to where the Sentinels are. Yeah, because the Sentinels are apparently being built in this like abandoned mine shaft. I mean, it moves around a lot, and I don't understand how they're moving from island to island with like giant robots flying around i mean there's also the fact that apparently they're traveling from upstate new york to washington dc to this mine shaft in the middle of nowhere in like five seconds at a time each time oh my so, god like, go i know it, it's I like it's crazy and so basically the elevator goes down but when it gets down there it's empty there's just a card sitting on it and so all the sentinels are ready to fight like 
one of the X-Men or some character or whatever. Instead, like, it's what just the like hell's a that charged card? card from Gambit. I know, and they look down, and the Master Mold is like, the what is that object? <laughs> I know, it's so good. And then it just explodes, and so then the Sentinels all start flying out like into the surface because they see that they're under attack. And this is great because all the girls do all the heavy lifting. I know, like, it's very cool. Them it's just, a very like, like Jubilee, Rogue, and Storm heavy fight scene. Which is right. neat, and especially like, you know, for Jubilee. I know that there's, I'm not going to explain all of it, but it's a cool scene where we see like Rogue fighting shit and then Jubilee doing her shit, like shooting shit, and then Storm summoning like lightning. It's it's awesome. And then there's like one part where Jubilee like manages to take out a Sentinel, but then like trips over something, and like Rogue's like, y'all, you gotta watch your back, sugar, and she gets like hit in the back. It's it's good. And then Xavier flies in. Xavier actually is doing something for the first fucking time in this entire. Yeah, he's like season. in a little fighter plane for this whole. F- situation and is is facing off against everybody and he's like ready to he's doing a bad job and he gets blasted down for a second and he's like this is how i'm gonna die but then magneto shows up yeah and he literally has the gayest line for him and magneto's like did you think i would let you die alone xavier so dumb but i liked I know. it i was like also magneto's like <laughs> magneto was like literally magnetized in the back of the jet like he was like pinned down with all of his, his arms and legs out i'm like this looks yeah, silly it's as very, hell he's very like humping the jet that xavier's yeah in. i wrote that too thank you anyway uh so meanwhile down in the tunnel wolverine and gambit, gambit also yeah, like they're running around together in the mine shaft <laughs> they have like a, they have like a boyfriend thing here too though because yeah. basically wolverine is like freaking out all of a sudden and gambit's like what's the matter you feel you afraid of the dark and wolverine's like i smell sentinels i don't know how you can but whatever <laughs> Uh, a bunch of sentinels light up i don't know i know but then in the dark eventual sentinel eyes like light up like little bat eyes yeah and and there's like like a strobe light fight scene where like the sentinels will like light up the room and then wolverine will dodge really fast but this is after wolverine like pushed gambit out and he's like get out of here for no reason gambit's like no you can't don't leave me behind and wolverine's trying to take out the sentinels without gambit and he's like I want you to live. But then Gambit <laughs> looks terrified and he blows up the thing and Wolverine's getting his ass beaten and Gambit saves him. And it's like, you two are like both mad at each other right now. And it's amazing. <laughs> like you're both mad at each other for trying to save each other's lives because you want to make out so bad. It's it's cute. I liked it. Oh, oh my God. So anyway, Trask is still refusing to turn Senator Kelly's brain into a supercomputer. Mm-hmm. And this is a hilarious but good line where Trask is like, you don't understand. I was trying to protect humans from mutants. And Master Mold is like, this is illogical. Mutants are human. And Trask is like wildly surprised by that concept. <laughs> yeah. He and like Master Mold gasps, says, therefore, like... <laughs> humans must be protected from themselves. But I wrote is... that down, too. Oh, my God. But meanwhile, Trask is just having this comedic long cartoon. Yeah, where he's, where he's like, like, <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> like, he's so surprised that it turns out that mutants are humans. Like. He didn't ever consider that at all. I know. Oh, my God. And at one point, he just is like, this is all my fault. And I wrote down, it really is. Because, like, yeah, why thanks, did dude. you do any of this, Why? Dude? Why are you such a dick? But, like, why did you make these robots, you idiot? <laughs> Whatever. He just wanted to build Transformers, and, like, this is the best he could do. Anyway, Gene and Cyclops are also there. And Gene telekinetically removes Senator Callie across the room. And the robots notice, of course. And Master Mold's like sees them and so immediately cyclops attacks but master mold just doesn't attack them and he's like i will not attack because i do not fear you i will rule you all and then i don't really understand what happens here because like there's a shot of trask looking at the propane tank and then like 
Senator Kelly floating away with Gene, and then there's like an explosion somewhere, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening? Yeah, I didn't Did get he this just like commit either. suicide?" This was around when I was like, "I don't understand this." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you had the same reaction I did. Then there's like another moment where like Cyclops is all like, I'm going to go find Wolverine and Gambit. No, one no gets one's left getting behind left behind this time. And I was like, what is that in reference to? Like, I don't know. And then Jean starts crying because this might be the last time she ever sees Cyclops. And she runs away to save herself. And Cyclops like runs off somewhere. And then I guess Cyclops can track people through his visor. Yeah, which, that's like a thing sure, he could do. I guess whatever he like, he was like scanning for Wolverine, and like he came up. Yeah, and they, he just becomes Samus Aran for like a second, and is like I know, scanning and then, the room. Right, then Cyclops does find Gambit and Wolverine, but they're it's so good because this they're was just the part there, that made me s- laugh. Sentinel, all the Sentinels are down on the ground, and Gambit and Wolverine are just sitting there, but Wolverine's this, clothes are gone. I know. I know. They're just sitting there looking we at Cyclops and Wolverine. We have to of this because people aren't going to believe us. <laughs> this is like for once we're not making this like, up. We, we get are the, always making clothes. stuff up on the show, but fair. Wolverine's clothes actually are gone. And I yeah, don't his know clothes why. clothes are just off and Gambit is just sitting there with them. And Cyclops like, he literally, Cyclops is like, what the hell is going on? What are you doing? He like, says, are you coming or is this your uh, day off? <laughs> and they just kind of look at each other and like nod and jump down together. I was like, okay, they just fuck. Like <laughs> instead of finishing the mission, they were just blatantly fucking on a Sentinel. I don't know. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, all the Sentinels are still fighting the X-Men outside. And then all of a sudden the Sentinels are like, Master Mold is in danger. And they all start flying back inside because they're like yep. part of the Borg or something. And Magneto is like, they're retreating and like doesn't understand that they're just going back inside because of Master Mold. Meanwhile, Rogue is worried about Gambit because he's missing. Yeah. It's cute. And Jean's like, you know, maybe I'll go back in and get them. But then and Rogue's, Rogue's like, no, like, I will. And like all the yeah, girls are much. fighting but over who's going to save all the boys. Like, <laughs> Yeah, which would have been great, but then Cyclops uses his laser eyes to, like, blow a hole out of the ground below them, and Mm -hmm. he, like, kind of crawls out with Wolverine and Gambit, and Rogue is all like, Gambit! And she runs up and, like, puts her hand over his face and kisses her hand, so it's like she's kissing him, but not. I know, Gambit's just like, I don't understand this woman. Well, because she does that, and then she goes, I hate you, and Gambit just goes, (laughs) I don't understand this woman. It's adorable. It's actually pretty good. Because, like, who does understand Rogue? No one. Not even Rogue herself. Anyway, yeah, then seriously. Master Mold, like, pops out of a mountain. Okay, I wrote that, too. It said Master Mold appears. Yeah. Like, I didn't even write how. He just is there. He just fucking appears and is like, I'm Master Mold. I'm gonna fuck you up. And he's also, like, the size of a volcano because, like, I guess because of the explosions underground, it created, like, a mini volcano with the mountain that he's now, like, the size of and leaning against, yeah, like, you I know, know. somebody's shoulder. I it's guess crazy. it's also that we've never seen him standing up before, but he seems way bigger he's like king kong size yeah all of a sudden. yeah pretty much but it doesn't matter before any of the x-men can fight him xavier flies in with, with yeah the, like monologuing to himself on a little suicide mission yeah and he's got his whole plane is packed with tnt and explosives yeah and xavier's xavier's sitting there talking to no one he goes magneto saved my life <laughs> Where is he? Oh, wait, that's later. Oh, that is later, but he does say that. I don't he remember does say what so- stupid He does say something he about says. Magneto. He's like, all right, I will take you out, Magneto. You are right. I love you. <laughs> it's too bad I couldn't give you one last BJ before sacrificing myself <laughs> to save the entire world, which is what's most important for me to do because I have a martyr complex. And so right, then he but plunges like- into it, but then Magneto saves him anyway somehow. I know, and that's why Xavier is just like, Magneto saved my life. 
where, where is, is he? he? Magneto turns out to be like floating right there, and he's Magneto is like, I'm right here. Like I didn't <laughs> like, leave. Who the fuck was he talking to if he didn't know where Magneto was? <laughs> I kind of love the pan over of Xavier being like, Oh, Magneto saved my life. Where is he? And it just pans out, and Magneto is like, I'm right here, asshole. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They're, they're <laughs> Xavier turns like, Where'd you come from? Psychic powers that you don't really use. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, so that's the end of that. Master Mold is dead well, i Maggie guess does say yeah but my dude does, does say something along the lines of like you saved my life and i saved yours now or even but we'll meet again and flies <laughs> away as xavier's parachuting into the ground yeah they both have their dicks out it's adorable blah blah right and so like everything explodes and then we get a cut over to senator kelly making a speech about how like mutants aren't all bad yeah. but like they do have powers they need to learn how to control so we should probably like get control over their fat powers instead of over them first yeah basically he like says all the right things for the first time in his entire political career like yep <laughs> yep and then pretty much it just cuts over to beast in jail beast is reading a book <laughs> upside and down talking to like no one reading shakespeare tomorrow yeah. and tomorrow and tomorrow and like again talking to no one for like uh, a yeah, while that's what I mean. but it turns out all the x-men are just standing there and then like Jubilee's, Jubilee's like, you're free, Beast. And the, and the door to the jail just opens. And Beast is like, thanks to a certain senator, I'm free. And I'm like, that's not how that works. I was going to say, nothing here makes sense. None of this makes sense whatsoever. Like, a and senator then, uh, can't issue a pardon of, like... No, they can't. I was, I, I'm was. i glad that you feel about that, too, because I was like, wait a second. Like, this doesn't even make sense, like, like maybe, logistically. Maybe a senator could, like, lobby to have a pardon issued by the president? I know. But, I, I mean, I guess we have to assume that's what happened. Because the president because, like, is, like, pretty sympathetic to mutants, and I guess, like, the public tide had turned enough I guess it would have point. had to happen, because if you really came down to the thought of it, it would have been, like... As soon as the senator got back to like DC or whatever, he would have told the president what had happened. And, and also, like, like the original also reason why like, Beast was Garrick, like, was associated did with the Sentinel program, right? So... And like, so she probably was like, "Okay, we got to free those vigilantes." Then, but like, that's not how it's explained at all here. It's just like Senator Kelly freed me, yeah. and it's like he doesn't have like the keys to your cell, dude. Like, yeah, and also like the door magically opens. Like, no one's yeah. there letting him out. Like, there aren't any guards. It's just the entire X Men standing there, like clapping in costume, except for Storm. Storm showed up, and she's like looking at them. She's like, why are you all? What, did I decide to wear clothes to this and nobody else did? Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh my god. And then so then it cuts to the pretty much the end of that episode, and Gene and Cyclops are having a romantic picnic in the sunset with the breeze blowing through the hair and the grass. Yes, right. Cyclops is like, "Will you marry me?" And Gene's like, "Well, well, you know, we've we never talked about before, Psych." children so let's get that out of the way <laughs> i know right it's like maybe i mean, should have discussed this i'm kind of glad that gene's first like motive there is to not say yes to be like um well, so do I mean, you yeah. want kids gene is a practical because... person anyway right, so she's she like... she's like i feel like if we have a kid they're gonna be mutant they're gonna be discriminated against and i don't know if i want to deal with that and which is a fair point like yeah but it's also like really sad like, that's not it a good is. reason to not have a kid, which Cyclops kind of says. He's like, I wouldn't have it any other way. And she's like, Cyclops! And they make out and they're going to be married together forever. Nothing right. could ever go wrong with no, them. nothing. But she does say yes. <laughs> and then suddenly, 
suddenly oh my god it turns out they're that like they're on, being a watched screen, on a tv like screen like a fucking vhs tape crackle static I know. and all we hear all we hear is like some maniacal person reciting some weird poem and he's like yeah. hope is for the future <laughs> sinister knows what your future holds and i was like so happy yeah he just like it was like why is he there and he's I don't just know. sitting there watching a tv laughing okay, to also, himself i wrote in my notes that it's poetry. now canon that sinister's the person who's been recording the x-men this entire time and just sending <laughs> tapes to everybody because he would fucking do that oh my god it explains everything it that's good i can't even believe you brought everything. that full circle that is so good. Like every time we've sat here wondering, like, where did this tape come from? Like, how did the guy on Slave Island get the tape? How we're actually did just the... watching X Men the animated series as recorded by Mister Sinister from the bushes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, I love Mister Sinister. He's my favorite. As soon as that part happened, like I forgot that I remembered it once when I saw it, but I like forgot it when. I watched it this time and I messaging Maddie. I'm like, somebody recites a poem at the end of this and you're not going to believe who it is. Okay, and Maddie's like so sending me messages like, is it like Magneto? Like, no, who could I didn't it be? guess. I was like, I'm not going to guess who it is. And I didn't guess. And then when I was actually watching the episode, I got to the stupid beast scene where he's reciting Shakespeare. And I was like, fuck this. This better not have been what Ryan was talking about because beast <laughs> reciting a poem is fucking classic. And who it's cares? like normal beast. And then it turned out to be Mr. Sinister. And I was so happy. I was she like, was yes. she like messaged me like just screaming sinister <laughs> luckily good. all season two is like dedicated to mr sinister that doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be good but no it's gonna be good for me though because i think it's my favorite season of x-men the animated series because it was enough to make me like become obsessed with mr sinister well we'll be the judge of whether it's good or not but i thought this was pretty good good finale i know i thought it was good like closing up on the whole season too because they had to wrap up like all these plot points like jubilee becoming an x-men and the sentinel program and like senator kelly's like stance in his politics and like magneto versus xavier and their politics and how xavier kind of admits that he's wrong at the end like Mm -hmm. speaking of which it's time to talk about politics politics who's got him everybody in this episode because with the happy meal toy and okay i like oh my god i'm just like it comes with the happy meal toy or like you know like you pour out your cereal like your politics are a cereal box and you put it out and there's like a toy or a sticker in there for you that's not how it works yeah, well, yeah. no I, i'm just saying politics is like you sift through the bullshit and you get like one good thing and that's it that's a great analogy. You just get Thanks. one shitty plastic decoder ring. <laughs> yep, that's and it. And a bunch Good of job, sugary everyone. cereal. That's how I feel about the news, folks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I I am so not in a serious mood right now, but I'm going to try because this is a pretty no, serious No, that's fine episode. because this is good. This is, I mean, first of all, the episode, as we said, was really good. I, I This is one of the top episodes for me. Yeah, it I really was... enjoyed it. I mean, it's hard to beat The Cure because I actually really liked that episode, too. Me, too. But, um, I like that. And I also liked Slave Island a lot. I think um, this episode is it just comes across as less serious to me because there are the occasional one liners and like Cyclops and Gambit and Wolverine like having their little threesome and stuff. And like there's there's like funny moments and like Trask continually gasping every time the robots turn yeah, out to be the, evil. Every single line a Sentinel has is like really ridiculous yeah. and over the top. And I, I, it's hard for me to remember sometimes in those moments that like the Sentinels are supposed to be a metaphor for like militarization and like 
a military coup essentially and right. I, I mean obviously that's like a really dark way to think about it which we've talked about in many but that's, previous that's, politics I mean, that's sections. the best way to think, of, think it about is, it because yeah. it's like it was some we gave the military power via this like illegal system or whatever to take care of like one thing and then they turned against that and then they wanted like military rule essentially so yeah it's it's kind of presented comedically in this and obviously it's it's presented as like reductive too in this sort of like sci-fi robot way where the robots are like we're going to reinterpret your definition of mutant to just be all humans because it turns out that you're more equal than you thought and in our eyes you're all meat so we're just going to destroy you because we're yeah, robots much. but like that there's not really like a comparable analogy there for our lives because we're not ruled by robots but not yet i, think I mean can... i know that's kind of your wet dream but no i just want to be a robot but <laughs> okay being we'll ruled you by too. robots would be pretty scary actually you know honestly if you could like go and meet master molt he'll take care of that for you i mean he'd probably just kill me and then replace her brain with a computer. That's true. That would be great. Maddie, computer I. That will be your, like, computer name. Or I could just, like, try to make friends with Cable and, like, become a cyborg or something. <laughs> no, you can't because I'm busy fucking Cable in the future, so you can't have him. Sorry. Fine. Or I guess God. you can have him I'll on just, Wednesdays. I'll like, go to an alternate universe or something. Anyway. All right, that's fair. There's plenty of them. Um, so <laughs> so that is a heavy politic. So, yeah. Uh, but I, also... I do think it's also worth noting the Magneto stuff, which I brought up briefly before. Which right. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. I still think is legit and is like a debate that everybody has now all the time is like, how do we how do we deal with people who are trying to exterminate humans systematically? And like, should we kill them? Should we try to reason with them? And I mean, I do think that the show presents this like very idealized version of that that i i don't think it actually reflects reality like it's like a very like pro professor x mentality where it's like yeah if we just reason with senator kelly he'll completely change his mind and like i just there's no real life version of that you know like that doesn't right that doesn't really happen and like it's kind of presented as like this fantasy where like the x-men are just so good for so long and like beast just sits in the jail cell for like i don't know a year like how much time has gone by he's just sitting there reading his books and being like i'm just waiting until senator kelly fucking helps me like that is not a great message it's like xavier's trying to like set a political stance and also sending people in secretly to attack anyway and yeah Magneto is it's just very like, inconsistent. Fuck this. But at least Magneto is consistent. I mean, right. And I like that it's that it's questioned at the end of this. And Xavier sort of admits that he like might be wrong because Magneto is like, are, what are what other fucking proof do you need? Like, that's true. That's a good point. Get up and try like, and the do fact anything. that Magneto actually does help Xavier at the end and is like, honestly, dude, you couldn't have done this without me. Like, that's fair. That's a fair counterpoint. Yeah, Magneto just keeps on repeating that while also like <laughs> fucking him in the ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but seriously though, I feel like. This is a kid's show, so they have to be kind of simplistic. But, like, the fact that Beast's conclusion is to just be like, I guess I'll just wait for humans to finally like me, even though they're, like, extremely bigoted against me for no fucking reason. I'll just sit here in a jail cell forever. Like, that's, like, a lot. I don't know about that. I no, I agree with that. And it is it is kind of a lot because, like, they all just sit there and do nothing. Also, they sort of break in to see him all the time, which is also, like, what... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least like all the other X-Men are like, Beast, you should probably just leave. And it's like his own weird hill that he's going to die on. But I don't know. I guess it's kind of cool that the show presents all these different viewpoints among the X-Men. Like, I'll give it that much. Like, you have 
these very, very different fights happening between everybody about like how involved they actually want to be in this vigilante group. And like, yeah, I thought it was really cool that Jubilee was like the kid and decides to essentially be like an anti-fascist activist who like tries well, also, to kill but I, people. She, like, keeps, she cool. keeps on trying to do that throughout the series. She did that on Slave Island also. I just think it's neat that that's her arc and that this show is like, yeah, sometimes you have to like try to hurt people who are trying to hurt you. Like, yeah. you know, like defend yourself. It's a good message but against then there's bigotry. Like a, sure. And there's also like that whole, that's the same situation where Gambit was kind of like, I don't want to get involved with this because like, what if this does backlash on us even yeah, worse than it already is? Yeah, because he's been to prison before too. So he yeah, like yeah. has this other thing hanging over him where he's like, guys, I've experienced the prison industrial complex and unlike Beast, I don't want to live there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make it a con- make a condo there. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I, I don't know. I guess I'll walk it back slightly and be like, I do like the the show presents all these multiple perspectives and doesn't necessarily land on one of them i just as an adult going back i'm so struck by how much i hate professor x every time and like how waffling he is about all of this shit all the time where it's like he changes his mind constantly he can't decide if he wants to be violent or not he has no moral stance like other than just equivocating endlessly to get get what he wants and learn the information he needs and like like, look good on tv at his stupid conferences talking about his mutant school he just like wants to feel good about himself i hate that and like that's like a legit thing that people do in the real world where they'll like use causes to like make themselves feel better about themselves but like yep. it's not like this show is critiquing that like we're critiquing that you know oh, yeah we well yeah that's true <laughs> we are critiquing that and it's kind of i mean i xavier's just a problem I, it sucks because like i love the x-men but i wish like he didn't exist at, at all but then it would be called the x-men so i, I kind of have to deal with it oh well. but there's some other stuff in here too like i kind of saw like gun laws a little bit in here with uh or gun control laws when right. at the end senator like kelly the- is like talking about like people with powers aren't bad people but we need some gun control and we need some laws and some like ways to deal with this so just people aren't just wildly using these weapons yeah but it's like if people were born part gun (laughs) yeah i know that's true but like exactly like that because but like it's kind of hard to just be like oh this is like a like you know we're we're taking a subcategory here again and we're just like oh it's black people or like white people or whatever and it's like it's not like that yeah it doesn't work in that kind of allegory if that makes any sense it doesn't really work but you're right that like a lot of x-men storylines kind of take that narrative like the responsibility for a weapon that you have narrative and try to like use that as another metaphor i do feel like that's in there i also feel like uh, i there's another part in here where i felt this was kind of correct was it was trash that was being picked up by the sentinel and master mold is explaining that humans are or mutants are humans and yeah. trask is like wildly surprised about that And in this show i was joking i was like it's like he was so surprised that it turns out they were the same but you know what there are people out there that don't get it still like no, in I the know. real world that are like racist and they're like yeah you know what i'm saying and like I they do. would be wildly surprised if they found out that like somebody who was a different I mean, color was like, a good I, person i complain about like how fucking reductive this is but it is also true that if the bigoted person just gets to know somebody that that is like part of a group that they think they hate they'll just be like oh it turns out this person is just a person yeah like, that's, that's like I mean, that's demonstrably what... true across tons of studies it's right. why diverse cities people are usually more progressive 
is because they just hang out with other people who are different from them all the time. And they realize like, oh, we're all just going to the tea every day. We're all just going to McDonald's. Like it's, we're all just people doing our people thing in the city. But if you live in a city that's like entirely white people, then you have no idea. And you can just like invent shit and be like, everything's scary. And like, just <laughs> it's terrible. And it's, it sucks. But I, I do think that like that part of Senator Kelly's story kind of is legitimate, I guess, is like, yeah, if you're like a bigoted senator and just somehow you happen to get saved by the exact group that you've been targeting this entire time, you might be like, maybe mutants aren't that bad. Or like in <laughs> Trask's case, he like suddenly has this other external, like he experiences what it's like to fear for his life all of a sudden, because yeah, all, now exactly. all the robots are about to kill him. Because now he's a human and to them, that's what they're all going to exterminate, you know? So he's like, right. oh, now that it's happening to me, I'm suddenly realizing that almost this dying may have not is been a good idea. Bad. It's like fucking obviously. But, yeah, you know, seriously. It's, people can't care about things until it's happening to them. And I, I, that sucks, but I guess it's accurate. I mean, I think there's a lot of accuracies in here because that's also like if the military just turned against you entirely. Yeah. And I was like, OK, we're taking over. Like, exactly. I mean, like, that's not to, like, bring up the Holocaust again, but, like, that's, like, the thing that happens is it just, like, eventually more and more people become I mean, affected Magneto by referenced something. it in this. Like, that's kind right, of where yeah. this whole thing started and, uh, in this it's episode. And it's like, you know, first they came for et cetera, et cetera. And, ugh, God. I mean, I, I'm always, like, hesitant to praise this show for things like this because I'm like, this is a kid's show. And, like, am I seriously saying that I think this show is, like, doing a nuanced take on... <laughs> Like, I, I'm, yes, not, I'm you are. not saying that, so I don't want our listeners to think that I'm like, this should be shown in schools. <laughs> like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Oh my like, God. I'm not going to go no, that far. They're but right. It should be shown in schools. You go yeah, to history class and like, be part of history Holocaust and like, today class, we're going to watch this episode of X-Men, the animated series. Guys, this like, is why oh. I, I'm not a history teacher is because I probably would like do that. I probably that would do that be too. I'd be like, this is an accurate portrayal of like what it would have been to be <laughs> in like during this point in time. Bishop looking at a game <laughs> like with an assassin on ass. it. <laughs> anyway, this is why we're both not history teachers. But I, I, I'm just saying I'm pleasantly surprised by this show. I guess I'll just say that. Like, I realize Me it's too. a kids show and that it's like funny and stupid. But, but in this I think case, I think it, it does like some that. interesting things just, at the yeah, same time. It was just I mean, it had its funny moments, but it was mostly like a pretty serious story that had to hit a lot of beats. And I felt like when i was watching it personally i was like engaged with it and not taking notes for once because like i kind of wanted to know what happened and also absorbing all that information but i didn't feel like other episodes where it was like choppy and like you can't follow like point a to point b because they're giving you too much information it doesn't make any kind of fucking sense but mm -hmm. in this like it was telling a tangible story that like went in order and wrapped everything up so like i mean i do feel like it's one of my top episodes so far but like i also feel like it's not an episode somebody could sit down and watch me like as their first episode and have any concept of what's going on. Because, oh, no. Like, I mean, you'd have this to is just all, watch like, the first season. Based on a whole season's worth of like information. So uh, but otherwise, I thought it was really well put together and I was very impressed by that. And I was shocked to have a like emotional reaction to Jubilee rising up and trying to get everybody else to join in fighting for the cause of mutants. Like, yeah, I, it was good. And Wolverine agreeing with her, always good. Yeah, also I Wolverine love that. and Gambit fucking when they're not <laughs> when they're supposed that to be. Was really that was really the, the part best of the episode part. that 
cause an emotional reaction in me was just it caused what it caused a physical one too yeah emotional physical i mean it's really just psychic beautiful to see wolverine it was, and it was like our own painting together. but that's not what section of the show we're on ryan it is now it's not we oh, have wait, a different no, section right. to do first <sighs> fine <laughs> i guess we should do that you don't even know who it is i don't <laughs> all right well then who's that um oh shit now you have to actually tell me who that x-men is i just dropped is. my phone hold on ha. okay uh today's spotlight is gonna go on a non-human or a non-mutant we're gonna do a robot today what yeah well, i mean like what do you want me to do bolivar trask i don't know not really <laughs> i think you would much prefer the robot and what robot are we doing today we're doing optimus prime <laughs> the x-men we're character doing- we are doing alfie this show is actually a robot fan show oh my god no that's your that is your album you just released was a robot fan album rival podcast to this one (laughs) called alfie cast you would not do that finally getting an alfie alfie was a thing that i owned and you didn't even own it i'm finally gonna get one anyway (laughs) so so i assume it's master mold yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about Master Mold because he doesn't come back until we get to Wolverine and the X-Men. And he's not even in the X-Men movies. So, like, yeah, I just felt like we should give him his time now before we get back to the fun, loving mutants that we love in the X-Men. Um, so, as we know, he was created by Bolivar Trask. That is true. And he was created by Trask because he was afraid of the race of superhuman mutants that could dominate the whole world. And if he created Master Mold as, like, his super sentinel he would be able to create more sentinels to hunt the mutants. Master Mold, when it comes down to it, is he has powers that have been like uh, built into him as a robot. So he's got like superhuman strength, speed, reflexes. None um, of which he... we see on this show, but No, sure. not at all. He just kind of stomps around wearing big boots and he's like, but he has the ability to incorporate metal into its, itself. He has concussive blast, which he shoots out of his hands. We've seen that and plasma discharges and he has the ability to scan mutants and can fly so we know all that Mm -hmm. this is where things get tricky so yes there is a version of the future where master mold creates is involved with like the days of future past sentinels take over thing but we're not there yet because first of all we have to do the piece that makes the least amount of sense to master mold's history that you probably don't even know about because it's really fucking stupid but unknown to unknown to trask Master Mold was also programmed by another person, a time traveler named Tanya Trask. What? Okay. And in the mission, she was on a mission to find the 12 mutants that would help contribute to the rise of the Age of Apocalypse. And so she was trying to hunt down and kill all of them. So she came to the the present to like message so like they would shoot down and like kill all the mutants. It's stupid. This is but that's a part of it, and we had to address that because it was there okay okay. it doesn't mean anything though because it's never really resolved so anyway eventually master mold does betray trask and he decides that he wants to take over the humanity to keep the entire world safe because humanity can't keep the world safe turns Mm -hmm. out Uh, that's still true true. i know like actual fact and then trask uh goes to destroy the whole master mold by sacrificing himself because he creates a huge explosion where Master Mold is and blows up Master Mold and all the Sentinels, which happens in this episode. And I thought Trask did suicide it in this also, but like he kind of runs out at the end of the, this episode. But no, he was supposed to die. Yeah, down they like show mine. him getting away specifically. Classic right. kids show move. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so Master Mold is later reformed 
this is when he okay sorry master mold this is when he becomes nimrod is that he is created by this other dude bastion who's like also a dude who like has become a cylon basically and is making himself half robot half human and uh he gets the pieces of master mold and creates him into a human looking creature named nimrod and that's where that comes from Still not a great name. Like no, I don't it's know. Not. I actually looked into the etymology of the word Nimrod because like apparently Nimrod like means something. God, I looked it up after we did that episode and it's actually a, one of those magical weapons you can get in Legend of Zelda and it's like shoots nims. Uh, get it? Like yes. fire rod. It's but exactly nims. like ah. that. <laughs> um yeah. Apparently Nimrod means hunter. And then oh. somehow it became I, okay. So we're the stupid ones here. No, no, we no, like... we're not because nobody uses it to mean that anymore. It, it meant that like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Sure, but like we didn't even know the basis of that because in, in the nineties well, we were no calling one, each other did Nimrod. Anybody in the nineties though? Oh, right, right, right. Um, there's a theory that it might mean that because Bugs Bunny used to call uh, Elmer Fudd Nimrod, like Hunter. But oh yeah, but then huh. that became just an epithet like just that. people like imitating bugs bunny mm-hmm. in the well, 90s because, because well that would be like from the 1930s like really really old bugs bunny oh cartoons. so you're talking about like really old old got it yeah so like back then nimrod meant hunter i guess or like was supposed to in these cartoons because elmer fudd was a hunter and he was trying to kill bugs bunny so oh. but if bugs bunny was like calling him you silly little nimrod then everybody would just assume nimrod meant idiot i see because okay, like makes, kids watch it sense. and then kids want to huh. call each other nimrods and now here we are today i'm gonna cut all that out no one fucking no cares. you should leave it all there because <laughs> i think it's really important to everyone to hear the history of bugs bunny and elmar fudd contributing to the x-men universe <laughs> well apparently somebody who worked at marvel comics thought that the fact that nimrod actually means hunter was really that was a cool good idea. and was I like know. i'm gonna name this robot nimrod and everybody's gonna think it's cool and oh, not shit. stupid and you know this is how it happened it's because charles xavier is also the double for elmer fudd <laughs> oh my god what no <laughs> Jesus. all right let me i'm gonna finish this okay so going back to master mold he was built again uh in the secret jungles of ecuador and professor xavier's twin evil sister cassandra nova uh, created by Grant Morrison. She takes it, puts it back together with like another Trask and commandeers it to go and kill everyone on Genosha, which is the mutant country that Magneto is built. And she just slaughters like thousands and thousands of mutants in seconds. And in the future, the Sentinels are, have also taken to the world. And like when Nimrod has even learned how to generate himself, there's two master molds. One just generates Sentinels and the other one just generates like a bunch of Nimrods. So there you go. Master Molds also had like a bunch of appearances in video games. I'm not going to list them all off, but like in the 90s and especially like Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis games, he's in like all of them. I feel like Nimrod isn't though. Like at least Master no. Mold has like a, I mean, it's kind of a dumb I mean, name, I kinda, but at I least it's like Nimrod. Like I think Nimrod would have been a more interesting character to fight in well, like yeah. the X-Men arcade game though. Imagine that. That would have like, been a fight. He has he was, like cooler powers and shit, but like I don't think anybody wants to play as a character named Nimrod. Like, that's just not going to happen, you know? I mean, it was my dream to be Nimrod as a child. Don't <sighs> well, judge, Maddie. In some ways, you've achieved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I see what you did there. Man, this is what happens when you, like, do a podcast with your best friend that you knew since you were, like, 12. Guys, 
I don't know. Is this show funny? Don't, I don't answer know. that. Are you um, funny? Definitely it, don't answer is that. Is it time for us to talk about who's gay? Is that what's yeah, next? Yeah, speaking of what's funny, who's gay? It's not funny. It's very serious. <laughs> it is very serious. The We've got a lot of candidates. Welcome to Who Was the Gayest in this episode, Ryan and Maddie's fan fiction version of the entire episode. Starting with the first five minutes, Magneto fucks Senator Kelly. <laughs> I was going to say, Sentinel. I feel like Magneto and Xavier is the romance of the f- episode. I mean, they're the, they are the the highlighted romance for sure but yes. they're not my favorite one. Oh, they they're not my favorite but i feel like me. they're the most they get the most time and they do there's like the most gay they're stuff saving happening each other them. and like making out on the plane and then fucking in like the bedroom and then like everyone's going saving to each they're other's like, lives romantically a million times yeah like giving each other blowjobs the as they like ram into a sentinel it's a lot anyway but yeah. i feel like the more fun answer is wolverine and gambit because oh my god they only they're get like two so seconds together good they're adorable they're all like pushing each other out of the way to save each other and then like cyclops finds them later and they're just naked for some reason <laughs> and cyclops is like did you guys just start fucking without me like what the hell you two you're oh always my god i love it so like they're in the middle of the mission and they save each other and as the last sentinel goes down gamut's like i almost thought i lost you wolverine and wolverine's like just shut up and kiss me bub and they just rip off all their clothing and fuck on top of the sentinel and then and then Cyclops the music comes in and it's done. like a mournful version of the theme song and it's like i know that's like last you know what you are now required to put that in right now and you have to write it because you need to make that happen my romance song why doesn't that happen also i wanted to give a shout out to gyra contrast again because they're still dating and like them calling each other on each other's cell phones all the time and like screaming at each other on their phones oh that's right see i'm just not even listening because i'm just thinking now of that stupid like 90 like just the 90s like soap opera like chimes are playing version of the x-men theme song <laughs> okay i'll make it happen thank you okay now you can talk about trask and gyrick i mean i don't actually think they're like fun to ship but they help make their entire characters more interesting to me if i just assume that they're dating like i yeah, don't i guess so too i care less about them unless sometimes I'm, like, it's a threesome dating. with senator kelly we're not really sure senator kelly is just like having a sexually confused experience where he's like <laughs> these gay people might actually be kind of nice some of them are scary <laughs> like, maybe i'm also a mutant yeah yeah wait <laughs> humans can also be mutants it, trasks and senator kelly wonder loudly to each other before they start making out anyway, oh my god it's they're it's just, just everybody coming out of the closet in and there's except for any of the ladies the ladies are busy uh, like all the guys are literally every man in the show is just fucking in the background and the yeah. women are like fighting the sentinels being like what the fuck there was like a split second like storm and rogue fighting together moment that i was like maybe this will go somewhere but it didn't really it didn't i i mean the most obvious it goes to me are like besties on this show though it's very me too i mean i like that all the girls are just friends on this show and they don't actually fight over the men for the most part so it's pretty cool yeah i like them 
I do too. But definitely Gambit and Wolverine win because like what else happened? They were just sitting there. They're like <laughs> and where was Wolverine's clothes? I mean, it's nice that he yeah, left like, the mask on, but nothing else. Come off? Like, why did that happen? And why weren't we shown them being torn off? Yeah, I know. This is like the same argument that we have with like Mortal Kombat. Why isn't Wolverine's clothes being torn off? Yeah. I mean, nobody yeah. knows what we're talking about, but we're talking about Mortal Kombat 9, which is a game where all the women's clothes fall off. But like Liu Kang's clothes don't come off anyway. Yeah, exactly. No one but, but us. I kind of hope somebody got that reference. What, that would be great if somebody got that like before you explained it and they like email us. I don't us think and they're anybody like, actually, like, is still playing Mortal Kombat 9. Everybody's playing <laughs> 10 by now or they're playing yeah, but Justice. Notice really, how nobody's but... playing Marvel versus Capcom. Oh, uh, shit. What? Oh, my God. All right. We can do an episode about that. But just me bitching about how the X-Men are not in Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. It wouldn't be on this podcast because there aren't any X-Men in it. Bum, oh, bum, shit. This concludes who's gay. <laughs> yeah. If you agree or if you have some other pairing that you saw in there, email us at the mutant ages. Ooh. at gmail.com wait, wait, wait does that mean we oh yeah there's an ending to that <laughs> <laughs> hold on is it mail time oh yeah it's reader mail time i felt like we were missing we also a have to rate the episode that's probably what you're forgetting all right well okay let's rate the episode while i open up email um i give it a five i don't I think i would... do too i don't think it's the first episode I feel you like, should watch i feel like we need to rate the episode after we finish talking about the episode should because... we go back now and rate our favorite episodes in order for season one? Oh shit uh i don't think i mean it, not all of them i'm but prepared like, enough to do that i could say but... i could say that my favorite was slave island i think that was the best put together for me i really enjoyed taking that one apart from a critical eye i really liked slave island but i also liked the cure which i mentioned i liked all the stuff with archangel monologuing i liked beast reading books upside down <laughs> okay wait no but also shout out to the first two episodes yeah which were the pilot and really i thought those were great episodes and shout out to fucking wolverine's chest anyway yeah definitely <laughs> shout out to wolverine's shout chest i can out. also say my least favorite episodes are pretty like easy to distinguish tops with the fucking colossus episode no 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 actually no, no, it does no. not the fucking it stops Alaska with the wolverine episode. one the war the wolverine so solo episode where he's fighting fighting on the arctic island with Sabretooth for like is the 10 worst episode. years just i know fighting and like i almost forgot it happened a bunch of native people in the background being like why the fuck are you two assholes here like destroying our town like what's yeah they're problem? like they don't even know and they're just like we are too native. We, it's now that it's 1995. We should think about going We've to the mainland. We've never heard of television before. Or oh other my God. human beings. <laughs> We're anyway, just aliens so from just another planet. Terrible um, episode. Okay, also the Colossus episode was terrible. I forgot just the Colossus episode existed until Okay, right that's how now. I felt about the Wolverine one. Until Okay, so they're both awful. <laughs> and that's just the Juggernaut saying bad things and Colossus being stupid and then throwing cars at each other. Nobody paying for property damage. I actually and, pretty much liked the other episodes. Yeah. I'm looking through them. The part, first part, part of Days of, of Future Past we weren't too into, but um, you kind of need it to watch the other part. Yeah. I remember liking Enter Magneto more than you did. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mostly liked the other ones. Come the Apocalypse Part 2. Oh, yeah. It wasn't great, but it's not like a least favorite episode because there were some good parts in there and everything that Archangel and Rogue said to each other 
was worth to animate and put on our YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, I think the only episodes that we would be saying to skip then are the Unstoppable Juggernaut and Deadly Reunions. Yeah, because neither of them have anything to do with the main plot, and they're also not very good. They're kind of the weakest episodes. Other than I mean, that, if you want something though, stupid to turn your brain off, you can watch the Juggernaut one. True. There's better things you can turn your brain off to watch, like the entire rest of the show. Anyway. Um, uh, who's your favorite character? <laughs> we did uh i was also gonna ask who is your favorite character so far on this iteration of the show i'm not talking about all the x-men and all the different x-men shows just so far on this show from season one who's been your favorite i'm gonna so say far? rogue i've been really impressed with oh my god how much I, was, I love rogue on this dude me too it, okay i wanted to talk about that because like we know that i've been making fun of rogue for like at least 25 years and like <laughs> at least 25 years <laughs> yeah it's you're possible right. I, you were making fun of her like when you were just like, learning i came to talk. out of the womb and i was just like imitating rogue you i'm were like, like <laughs> mr logan you should wear a seatbelt <laughs> your first words oh really my God. incredible stuff anyway yeah, I'm impressed with Rogue too. She's been my favorite character on this so far. Where I was like, oh man, I need to like reevaluate how much I like actually like Rogue for the most part. You know what's interesting is that so next episode that we record is going to be us reviewing the first live action X Men movie. Oh, and I guess we're going to that is that a movie that really changed the way people see Rogue and like yeah. defined us making fun of her and defined her that line that i just quoted which is like the mr logan you should wear seatbelt thing which like isn't even her line but is something <laughs> well, that we made fun of a lot <laughs> yeah we did it's and like it's gonna a, be it's gonna be really weird i think for me to watch it having just seen the first season of this where rogue is like a completely fucking different character who i like yeah, way more but i'm also kind of interested in what, watching it now that we watched all of season one of x-men the animated series and having specific knowledge that i'm not going to talk about it on this show but we'll talk about it on the x-men movie special um the how they were influenced by the first season of this tv show and yeah the, the production things that changed right before they started that kind of made it not be this show and how we got a version of rogue that is so wildly different from where we are now right and is like kind of closer to jubilee in terms of how she's positioned in the movie by being right. like the teen girl that everything revolves around uh because in this show jubilee is kind of like the audience stand-in but right i guess in 2001 they didn't think that people would want to see an asian american teenage girl as the lead character in anything nope so we got right and they but actually we'll, still feel that way in hollywood we'll we'll so. save all that for the next episode i know because we're doing i'm that already then. mad now but it's fine <laughs> uh any least favorite characters anyone's that pop up into your mind because i mean honestly i loved everyone on this so it's kind of hard for me not to like someone except for maybe bishop oh yeah i i mean i guess i could like go the easy route and say i think apocalypse on the show is like really boring oh you know what yeah that's a good call too and, like, it sucks good because i feel like all the other villains are a lot more interesting like even though senator kelly is like pretty one note i feel like he presents yeah, you can more kind of, like, interesting what his like problem even is yeah. like you know Plus, you have, like, Magneto and Mystique, who are, like, amazing. And, like, Juggernaut sucks, but he's barely even on the show, so I'm not going to count him. Apocalypse also, is just Blo boring. Also, Blob is really shitty in this show, too. That's true, but he's also, like, more of a side character. I guess I'm just thinking in terms of, like, the main villains that we're supposed to actually care about. I feel like Apocalypse, I didn't ever care. Yeah, I know, same here. He, like, he just stood there and monologued a bunch of words together that, like, didn't even form, even form sentences, and then they turned it into a movie for some reason. They sure did, and that movie was, like, somehow actually worse. 
True We're going to someday get to it on this show. And also, you guys should check out our YouTube channel because we did a whole video where we fixed the entire movie of X-Men Apocalypse and like rewrote it and it's way better. So yeah, yeah. it's up on Atomic Blue Productions and also where I was talking about where he posted Archangel, us animating, us whining as Archangel. Yeah, we, we have a cool YouTube channel. You guys should check it out. We do. With that, I'm going to jump into Reader Mail. Yay! We have a few emails here. I'm going to start with a shorter one first, and that's from Ray. Hi, in which he Ray. writes, uh, Maddie, unless Magneto was secret, he's quoting you, unless Magneto was secretly waiting and stopped Xavier's watch <laughs> just to fuck with him, that line killed me. I just pictured it and started cracking up in my car. When I saw Gambit knocked out, I thought it was Rogue who did it so she could get Mystique away, but I'll have to go back and rewatch it. Um, I start, And then he answers the question that I posed, which was I started reading comics with Spider-Man and from Spidey I found a what-if comic and from there the X-Men. And he says, Executioner's Son is my favorite saga or whatever it's called. Hope you both have a great vacation. See you next time. I did have a great vacation. Thank you. I hope Maddie enjoyed herself because she was also like traveling for a different thing. So. Yeah, I was just chilling and like enjoying not having to edit a podcast last weekend, to be honest. No, <laughs> that was well, pretty sweet. <laughs> I think you were like at some gaming thing, though. Yeah, you? I covered a couple different gaming tournaments in a row and I wrote about yeah. them for work. You did. What What was the other thing he was talking about? Oh, he, yeah, was he was talking, talking about, about how funny I am and like how yeah, great how our great show you is. Are, and you should have your own show called Maddie Myers. Podcast Maddie Myers TV. finally gets an Alfie 2017. <laughs> Maddie Myers finally becomes She-Ra as she wanted. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, I should just do a series where I just finally do things. I, <laughs> what the fu- I don't know. Did he have a question? I can't remember. <laughs> well, he was just telling us like his favorite storyline is Executioner's Son. Um, and he was talking about how he got into comic books via reading Spider-Man and the What If comics, which actually is not how I did personally. I just wanted to branch out because, like, eventually there's a lot of crossovers with the Avengers and the X-Men. And I'd be like, oh, let's see if I like other superheroes. And I got into it that way. Um, but that's an interesting way that he got into it via a What If comic because those are wildly out of character normally for what other if comics are awesome though like no i agree they're but they're so like funny and good. it's kind of hard to picture i'd like i'm kind of curious how he got from reading that and be like oh this like version of the x-men i want to read about the x-men and starts reading the x-men and finding out that they're nothing like the what if comic but i think and obviously he knew that's what it was because he was reading a what if comic but i still think it's a weird way to transition from that yeah, but this was a fun question prompt, by the way. If other people want to let us know, like how they got into the X Men, then yeah, be fun yeah, tell to hear. us. But that's that's kind of cool. And like, and don't I be embarrassed I, if your answer is the live action movie because I didn't get horny for the X Men until then. So you know, yeah, that's fair. And also, the first live action movie isn't terrible. It's like not it's the perfect X Men film, and I feel but like it's a that good was film. A way in for a lot of people, including thirteen yeah. year old me. Okay, so now we have a, another message from Claire, and it's pretty lengthy. And I I don't know if I can read the whole thing, but like, I will kind of get to the, the gist of it because I sent it to Maddie. We both read it. Uh, and she writes, I just started listening to the mutant ages. and I am really enjoying it so far. I didn't watch any of the X-Men shows when I was a kid. So this has been a fun way to be introduced to the mutant world beyond the live action movies and off penetrable comics. I just listened to episode six captive hearts where Cyclops and jeans are kidnapped by the Morlocks because Callisto thinks Cyclops is hot. <laughs> when you, <laughs> when you were discussing the politics of the episode, an analogy seemed very obvious to me that you missed that time. When storm wins the duel, she invites the Morlocks to come live in the mansion, but they refuse because they can't pass as humans the way the X-Men can. 
Instead, they decide to remain as an insular community until they feel accepted and can feel safe. As a trans woman, I would say these parallels some of the tensions amongst the trans community, and particularly online. And yeah, she did go into more detail about it. And we actually didn't think about it at the time because, like, it just wasn't a thing that was. As, yeah, I mean, it's not something we can speak to because we're both right. cis people. But, but I, I did, I've thought I didn't about think it about with it. other episodes. But I, I would be hesitant to say that like this show even really considers that angle because I feel like people that's, weren't I, thinking I, about that right. in the 90s, which is that's, to that's, society's that's, detriment, obviously. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking when I when this came up, but it's not a wrong answer no, because like I think it's once a really when she cool made the comparison, I thought the reaction I had to reading that was like, wow, she's totally right. I hadn't even thought about that, but like it's also kind of amazing that this show could transgress through the 90s didn't have because she said she never watched it before so she's right. watching it now and listening to our show and that's the what she took from that episode which is still sort of like the gist of what they're getting at but it can still apply to a different like cause yeah, or you know I, what i'm I saying mean, i think there are different marginalized communities that can sort of find some resonance there like it, it not to just broadly generalize generalize but i feel like there's a lot of ideas of like you know, some people seem more normal, whatever normal means, according to society's bullshit than others. And like some people are able to fit into a mold better than others in within marginalized groups. Like that's something that is sort of a unifying experience and like a sad experience. And I think it's something that that episode tries to speak to. Right. And in she was a also really fucking goofy way, though, because that sure, episode sure. is like not subtle. Like, well, but uh, you know? I know. And some something else that she kind of gets into in this email, too, is that she's talking about how, like, you know, some people can't hide it at all. Like they they no matter what the situation is, that they just can't hide if they are somebody who is trans. They still feel like they're not they don't belong and she also was talking about how like you know there's some cases where they can't even like afford right. the medical treatment to make and the I mean, full I think operation the, like, happen the idea of like kids being homeless and like queer kids in particular like non-gender normative kids being homeless is like a real problem and i feel like you could totally look at the morlocks and be like yeah that's that's something that even in the 90s people knew was a problem is like queer kids getting kicked out of their homes for being not normative in any way you know like yeah no i agree sad and a real thing it is a sad and real thing. It's just, it's just. I guess I'm just like that particular episode is has so many other goofy elements that I don't want to give it that much credit. Yeah, I but mean, I do too. I but do like, I, like, I, that's I think not... that like more broadly, you could look at the show and and like see some of those narratives there too. You know? Right, and I, like as I said, it's not even so much about whether or not the episode is good or if it's goofy or not. So much as like it still had a voice to that episode that spoke to. Yeah, another person in this case it's not somebody who's like just gay or something like that it's somebody who watched it and felt that's her experience with her her life you know what i'm saying i think i think that's that's what i'm saying is amazing about the x-men is that these points that they're they've been making in the comics and the tv shows still work now it actually is pretty incredible to me that like watching this show now i can think about yeah fighting the nazis and it's still that relevant too. like you know like every time we watch this show it's just like mm. fuck it fuck. and it's interesting because we definitely there's every single time we do politics we talk about the actual politics of that episode and what they can relate to but then we also can relate it to something that's happening now which either I it's know. like i mean definitely some of the way that the politics in this world have changed because we've talked about that too 
So it's just a very interesting look back at about a show that was very heavily influenced by politics at that time and how they reflect on our time and how much we've come and how much we haven't. So like, yeah, it's and like by keeping not it what I was expecting like when I signed up kids. to the show. <laughs> no, I know. I was expecting us to make fun of this way more, which I think maybe we will as it goes along. But I mean, I Mr. Sinister's coming. But anyway, thank you for the email, Claire. Like, I. I really appreciate this and I really want more people. If you feel like we missed something or you had a viewpoint that we didn't and we didn't mention it yeah, when we were watching do, the episode, because let you us know, know. we don't know what the fuck we're talking about when it comes no, but to I, like, I also a lot really of like seeing like, we just know, I mean, we have our own experiences, yeah. but like, I, I kind of like something like this where it really got me thinking. And I was like, that's a really interesting viewpoint as well. And like, I don't know. Um, and then the f- one final email we have from Drake just wanted to let you know that you have at least one listener keeping track of Ryan's top 20 list as it's revealed. <laughs> See screenshot attached. Also, oh, I was curious God. if you're considering watching Mutant X and including it on the podcast. Mm. Uh, before I answer that question, he did include. <laughs> this is so good. So. The only ones that are revealed, he, they're all right. Number two is Jubilee, three is Archangel, four is Mr. Sinister, five is Wolverine, 14 is Cable, and 16 is Mystique. <laughs> I can't this believe is awesome. somebody's doing this. I'm so happy. I don't care if anything else comes from the show. Somebody besides my friends are listening to me count down about the X-Men. <laughs> this is why it's important that you not reveal them until they are revealed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that day where I almost was like, I'm just going to reveal them all. And you're like, Ryan, no. <laughs> I stopped you because I I also care about this stupid thing. Anyway, I'm glad <laughs> um, Drake okay. is doing that. And then also Mutant X. So, yeah, I didn't think about that because we... So, basically, when we came up with the concept of this show, we were like, oh, we're going to do only the cartoons. But I still went through and, like, wrote down, like, everything that was, like, movies or other TV shows. And I included things like, if we ever get to it, we'll do legion which is a live action show or like the gifted which is coming out way at the end of the show's tenure i know right 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 but like you know so we were talking about live action tv shows at one point but mutant x is a good one that i would be willing to go down that road maybe like after we've finished a huge chunk or most of the live x or x-men stuff that's not a comic book but yeah. I mean, you know what Mutant X is, right? Like, did you yeah, ever see any of it? Yeah, it's a TV show. I, I haven't, so I'd be interested in, like, It's weird down. because, it, I mean, basically, it's not it's not Marvel, and it's not about the X-Men, but it's very obviously the X-Men. Like, it's like somebody made a TV show. I think there was, like, some production or rights thing that happened with it as well. I don't remember. I would have to look into all of it. But basically, it's like, you have, like, four main characters that are the X-Men, and it's clearly, like wolverine and like gene gray and all those characters but they're just like gender swapped yeah it's it's tough i mean i'm looking at the wikipedia page now and apparently there like actually was a lawsuit from fox about this yeah because obviously the x-men movie came out in 2001 so like, right and it was i mean and that's it. exactly what it was is that they were kind of spinning off from the fact that the mutant thing was becoming a, like a big deal because i remember when this came out i thought mutant x was an x-men tv show like that would have been logical because the movie had just come out. So yeah. I would, I mean, I would love to go down that road and just kind of review it and be like, look at the comparisons. I especially mean, now because 66 episodes. So we'd have I a know, long way to go, but I know. Well, you know what? Someday this is, this is what we're going to do the rest of our lives. Please donate to our Patreon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, please support us. If this is what you want us to do with the rest of our lives. I mean, we'll do it anyway. 
fine. We'll make some other stuff. Maddie and I have been talking about other shows and productions that we want to make. It's just that our schedules are fucking crazy right now. Yeah, because we do this in addition to our full-time jobs and we pay for everything we do ourselves, all of and our yeah, equipment. We have a lot of hosting fees. We have other shows like our Let's Watch Two Movies and Warcraft Valley and some more coming and we make YouTube videos. So like Yeah. You know. It's just cool if you kick us a buck. And yep. if, as Ryan says all the time, if everybody who listened to all of our shows paid us a dollar, we'd, I don't know, I think we'd be billionaires. Is that what the figure is? We're, no, we, it's, we it's more like we'll have enough right? to like actually pay for our camera equipment. <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> and cool. And I'll put it on credit cards. Yeah, anyway. there's that. But yeah, so you can do that. And you should also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Atomic Blue Productions. I guess we're just plugging. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do. We plug on I, the show. Oh, what kind of plug, Maddie? We're going to do this again. Put our Twitter accounts in your butt. And they yep. are the Mutant Ages on Twitter. Yep. yep, you can also follow us. I'm Ryan Pagella. And I'm at Mitty Myers. And you, I, as I was trying to say, you can go to YouTube and Google Atomic Blue Productions. And that is our main channel where we post all sorts of videos that Maddie and I make together. And sometimes other people as well, like... I'm not going to get into it. Just there, we make videos sometimes and you can go look at it. But there's uh, a, <laughs> sometimes our friends help out. enough to be our friends <laughs> and who for some reason agree to be in stupid videos with us. I don't know. Go to our channel. You'll see. I like the one person that commented, like, who knew who one of our mutual friends was. Like, it's not somebody we knew, but like somebody that we had in two different videos showed up and they like knew who it was. They're like, oh my God, it's that guys, guy. Figure out who all four of our friends are from <laughs> watching know, our really? YouTube channel. <laughs> but yeah, we also post things from the mutant ages there where we kind of animate bits and pieces of this show. And our most recent one, recent one was called the archangel monologues. It's pretty good, but yeah, anyway, it check it out. And I think that's more than enough plugs for one um, day. No, email us. Well, we said that before, but yeah, well, email, email us, us at the anyway. ages at gmail.com. If you look like Wolverine and single and gay, email us at the ages. Now it's time for the segment of the show where we beg Hugh Jackman to contact <laughs> us in any way. Yeah, or just anyone that remotely looks like Wolverine. If you I'm look a little bit like Wolverine, side. comic version, movie version, call us, folks. Right now, our phone Speaking number is. Speaking of Hugh Jackman. What? We're going to watch the live action movie next Oh, wait, time. yeah, that's a good place. I thought you were going to be like, he died. I'd be like, what? Oh, my God, what? That was if you did that, I would cry. Him? Holy shit, I wouldn't just drop that bomb on you at the end like, of our uh, You're show. like, I just want to see your live reaction right now. Oh, my God, that would be really cruel. As I Now I'm, like, panicked. What if something happens to him? Why did okay, you do this? No, oh, oh, my God. I'm knocking okay. on wood. All right. Um, it's fine, so- it's fine. Hugh is fine, and Hugh is going to be in a hoodie and taking off his shirt. On the next episode of this show. While making out with Michael Fassbender in the past of the X-Men world. That doesn't happen in the first movie. It happens in Days of Future Past, you're right. But it does in (laughs) our hearts. All right. So as we were saying, email (laughs) us. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Okay. So the X-Men movie. No. Can we plug the next thing we're doing? Okay. So we're doing a special. Before we go to season two of X-Men, the animated series, we're doing something else with batman doing something else which is (laughs) watching the fucking live action action movie we've just said this like six times also we're gonna be watching the action movie and you should email us um we're doing a whole review of it we're gonna it's not gonna be i don't know how it's gonna fit in with this or if we're gonna do it we probably won't do the same i mean we'll probably still talk about who's gay i mean that's definitely gonna happen but we're probably not gonna talk about like 
who Senator Kelly is again. <laughs> I mean, we might. We might forget who he is. <laughs> well, we'll know if he's dead or not because Storm runs in and screams it at the top of her lungs. You're right. It's one we'll of her finally, three lines. We'll finally get to see Senator Kelly canonically die, which is what we've all wanted. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm Spoilers. excited to review this movie. Spoilers Listen. for a movie that came out like 17 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it would be really funny if, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, X-Men movie, you should probably watch it, I really I guess. hope somebody has been listening to this and has not seen the movie and they've just been listening to us scream like, Senator, Senator Kelly, Kelly is, is dead, dead. and yeah. then us laughing and not explaining the joke. Yeah, they don't know that that's a direct quote by the, the beautiful Halle Berry in yeah, this movie. Yeah, Storm in the X-Men movie where she has literally three lines in an entire movie. On all three of those lines are Senator Kelly is dead. Just, <laughs> just repeat in different them running into voice. the room. The first one's like high pitch. The second one's like normal. Then she's like moving in slow motion. <laughs> three separate shots too. Yeah. You know what happens to a frog when it's struck by lightning? Senator Kelly is dead. I've always that said that. I like how like the first half of that joke wasn't even right. But whatever. I don't remember what it is. I mean, it's close. Th- it's that stupid. It was also written by Joss Whedon, FYI. We can talk about that later. Oh, my God. Isn't that the joke, though? No, it's like it's what happens to a toad when it's struck by like oh, near close. right. Toad. Yeah. You know, the X-Men frog. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's my X-Men. I'm cutting all this out. No, you're not. You say that every time, and then it's in there, and then everybody laughs. And I'm like, ha ha, Maddie. We know they listen to both Les Watch two movies in this show, and they like hear you specifically say, "I'm going to cut this out," and then they all know you're not going. to. The thing to. is, sometimes I do cut things out, and nobody ever knows what it is. Yeah, so. including me. Like I sometimes don't even know. Well, how could anybody know? We talk on these shows for like 17 hours. You're not going to remember what we're you running said. into the 90s. I just now. try to cut out the parts where we sound stupid. Well, every single time we start a new scene on this show, we just like stop to have like a dance party and like people wonder why we're not showing up to work. And we're like, we're recording the mutant ages and it's very important. Yeah, there's actually normally like 16 dance parties on the show and I just cut all of them out later. Yeah, that's like the Yeah, I know. Well, that's because they get really raunchy really fast and suddenly like all the X-Men are just having like an orgy on the show. Which is just clean as a whistle. We're never raunchy on this show. Never. Anyway, see you. Next time. time. I just realized we never fucking closed out the show. What are <laughs> Wait, we doing? See you next time. <laughs> see you next time. Next time. What is wrong with us? I what don't has know. Something to our is. Brains? This was like Something's the most there. insane we've been in a while. I hope it's our best episode ever. The at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.